This episode of YXE Underground is supported by Rob Romvi and his team at Romvi Wealth Management Group of RBC Dominion Securities in North Battleford. If you need someone to care for and invest your money, there is no better group of people than Rob Romvi and his team. As far as being a nurse, I think the, the thing that gets you through, the one thing that you really want to hold on to is if in that 12 hours you can get that just that one meaningful interaction where the patient is feeling understood and, and you're really able to get the, the connection. That's everything, and that makes it all worthwhile. Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to registered nurse Jamie Coates. Jamie, along with Jenna Isley and Lana Meyerly, are the featured guests in Season 4, Episode 7 of YXE Underground. Leadership, compassion, empathy. Three of the many qualities that registered nurses in our city have in spades. Yet, these qualities have been severely tested in the past two years thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. So what has it been like to be a nurse during the pandemic? We find out from three nurses in this episode of YXC Underground. ago, Saskatoon was preparing to host the Juno Awards. COVID-19 was definitely in the news, but it had not reached our community yet. All systems were ready to go to celebrate the best in Canadian music. For myself, I was excited to release a pair of YX Underground episodes highlighting the behind-the-scenes work it took to bring the Juno Awards to Saskatoon and to host the Juno Fest concert series. All of that changed when the first case of COVID-19 was confirmed in Saskatchewan. The Junos were cancelled, school was quickly moved to online learning at home, and my job as communications leader at Sherbrooke Community Centre, a long-term care home in Saskatoon, quickly focused on crisis communications. We are now two years into the pandemic and I wanted to tell that story through the lens of registered nurses in this episode. Every day I see the incredible work performed by nurses and I know the positive impact they are having on residents, patients and families in our community and across the province. I also know this pandemic has been especially challenging for all healthcare workers, nurses included. What I really appreciate about the guests you are about to meet is how honest they are about the challenges they have faced throughout the past two years. Jenna Isley, Lana Meyerly, and Jamie Coates are the three nurses you will meet and I think hearing their stories will give you a new appreciation for the work they do and the impact the pandemic has had on them. At 22 years of age, Jenna Isley is beginning her nursing career. In fact, she recently celebrated her first year of being a registered nurse. In the past two years, Jenna has gone from third-year nursing student at the University of Saskatchewan to continuing care aid at Sherbrooke Community Centre to now being an RN in maternal services at the Jim Pattison Children's Hospital. There are a few things that struck me when I spoke with Jenna. The first is her story of where she was when news came out about the first case of COVID-19 in Saskatchewan. It's a crazy story that you'll hear in just a few seconds. The second is how mature Jenna is. There are a couple of moments in our conversation where in my mind I'm thinking, wow, if only I had been this mature and had my life in order like this when I was 22. 
It really was a pleasure speaking with Jenna. I've been able to get to know her a little bit through her work at Sherbrooke and through her mom, Colleen, who is a wonderful colleague of mine, but it was really great learning more about her. We met at the Yard and Flagon pub on a Friday afternoon. Jenna had just finished a shift at the hospital, and I started our conversation by asking how she would describe the last two years. Um, it's been wild. The last year has definitely been crazy. Um, like I said, I've been nursing for a year now. Um, so obviously started that right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and yeah, it's been a big learning curve, I guess, like starting a brand new career. Um, and then things are changing every day with COVID. Uh, and I guess just kind of keeping up with that, um, those changes. It's been crazy. It's been a big learning curve for sure. Yeah. To, to, I think to start any job in the midst of this pandemic would be interesting, challenging perhaps, um, but to start your nursing career in the midst of a pandemic, like what, what, what was that like? Like, do you remember what you were doing a couple years ago when, when all this started to happen? I do actually. Um, I was in third year and I remember I was just starting my clinical on the pediatric ward. Um, and then of course things got really crazy really fast. Uh, it just happened all of a sudden. Um, and I remember like being really scared about it. Um, we did like we didn't stay on peds very long. I guess we kind of switched to being online right away. Um, I think it was the first day that we had a case of COVID in the province was actually the day we were on the peds floor. And it was just like a really uneasy feeling. I think everyone was like really, it was just really stressful. Um, and I remember just being paranoid, probably the same way that everybody else felt. Like you have a sore throat and you're like, oh my gosh, like what if I have COVID? But I remember being so scared because I was working at Sherbrooke at the time as a care aide. So lots of like elderly people. Um, and then working with kids on peds. And I remember like one day, you know, having a tickle in my throat and I was terrified. Like I was so scared. What if I like had brought that to peds or it was, you know, like it was just a really uneasy couple weeks. It was weird. Yeah. So that that day that the first case happens and you're on peds, like were, were like were you in, were your instructors saying anything to you or like were fellow nurses or like like what, what was was anything said to you as a third year nursing student? Yeah, so we had gotten there in the morning. Um, we would always like meet up as a group, um, have a little like huddle before our shift with our instructor. And I just remember our instructor like shutting the door and she was like, okay. She's like, today you guys are just an extra set of hands. She's like, you're gonna feel the chaos of the unit today and you're just gonna go help out. And so that's exactly what we did. Um, you know, typically you'd be like assigned a patient. Um, and kind of like working along with that nurse and then they're like teaching you a lot kind of along the way and like kind of guiding you um, But there just like wasn't time for that. It was kind of just like full-on like we just got to get to it um, and So yeah, we I just remember that day. It was like everybody was so stressed out I remember the nurses were just like doing their best to manage with kind of like what they knew and things like that so did you um, what What did you take away from that day? Like when when the day was done, like what what did you what did you learn from that day? Um, I guess I learned how much preparation um, it usually takes, uh, and just like how much I mean, not necessarily a pandemic because obviously this is the first time I've seen that, but just like how much preparation kind of goes into like making changes. Um, 
because like things were changing that day and you kind of had to just like learn it and figure it out and go from there. Um, I remember them talking about like the swabs and like if we were going to have enough swabs and it was like RSV season is what it's called and so you know really common virus. Um, a lot of the kiddos that are on peds um, kind of in those winter months typically have RSV um, so they're coming in with a sore throat or with a cough or like difficulty breathing which are all COVID symptoms. So I remember that was a lot of the talk was like, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna manage? Like testing everybody, waiting for test results. And yeah, a lot of preparation. I, I feel overwhelmed hearing that story for you. Like were, were you and your classmates just like, oh my gosh, what are we getting ourselves into? Or, or do you even have time to think about it? And it's like, you know, we got to do our job. Yeah, I guess a little bit of both. Um, I remember my instructor was like so supportive during like the, the day, but then also following that. Uh, I think that that was like the last day we were actually in person. Um, and then they decided to move us all online. Um, so yeah, it was definitely stressful. I feel like that day, it, yeah, it was just kind of like a go, go, go. You don't really have time to like necessarily think about it. Um, but I just remember feeling really supported, especially from her. And like she'd be sending us texts just to kind of check in just knowing that like everybody was stressed out you know whether you're in the hospital or not it was just like a weird time um so that was really awesome yeah um so you you keep doing your your courses but everything switched to online what what was that what was that like for you uh it was a little bit weird for sure um we typically have like sim labs so we'll go in um you'll have like basically a fake patient with a made-up scenario and it's always like super good learning um, it's just like a safe environment I guess to kind of make those mistakes and stuff um, and we were doing sim labs online which was obviously super different from the real deal um, but they did continue on like with our classes and stuff which was nice um, but it was weird like I even remember at the very beginning we were on zoom and like everyone's trying to figure out how to use Zoom. And yeah, it was just such a bizarre thing like to think about it now because two years later, it's like everyone knows how to work Zoom. But back then it was like nobody knew and nobody could get on. And you know, it was crazy. Were you able to, to do still some, some, some practical work beyond like the, all the, all the Zooms? Like were you able to go into into places and still do some practical work or was it strictly online for you Jenna? Yeah so it ended up being online for like the rest of that semester um, and then it was that kind of time that I decided to fast track so I ended up finishing my degree in the three and a half years um, and in like my kind of thought process to that was like I'm gonna be going over the summer but we're in a pandemic, so I'm not gonna, you know, really miss out on anything. Um, and so I did a couple classes online, um, and then I actually ended up getting to go back into person um, that next September. Um, we did our community placement, and so we got to, yeah, actually be there in person, um, which was good. And then I ended off with my preceptorship, and that was all in person too. I got to be in the hospital for that, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um you you have been we were talking before we started recording like it's it was it's basically been a year since you have been like officially a registered nurse um this is a really big question but what what has the last year been like as as an official rn oh it's been great actually um 
Yeah, I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, and I feel like as new nurses during this pandemic, we don't always like give ourselves enough credit for like, yeah, like you said, you're starting this brand new job, but then you're also like in the middle of this pandemic. And so I think it's been, yeah, like a lot of learning um, and just like being able to kind of adapt. Um, when you say adapt, what, what do you mean by that? Well, like policies and things like that are changing every day. Um, and like even visitor kind of policies. Um, and then also bouncing between Sherbrooke, which is like long-term care, and then being in the hospital, um, you know, picking up at Sherbrooke. And, you know, things change like from, you know, every time I go, it's like there's new rules and new policies and new everything. Um, but I guess it's been like communicated with us really well and stuff. But I think it's just been wild just starting during all of this may i say it's so um well i didn't i didn't know what you were going to say in terms of what the last year was but the fact that like it's you obviously like you're feeling good about it like and i know it like you know it's it's got to be like lots of challenges but it's nice to hear that like because i i know you you're such a good nurse and so it's it's nice to hear that you have that enthusiasm yeah i think like coming on um and even like when i started my career you know a year ago um i mean staff were already kind of burnt out um and a year later like it hasn't really gotten a lot better and i think that that's just you know something that's gonna hopefully get better with time um but i think yeah, it's kind of nice being fresh into this. I mean, obviously, I'm feeling a little bit of that, like, fatigue and stuff. Um, but, yeah, you just really see it, I guess. And I guess you just remember, like, everybody is kind of going through the same thing. And, you know, if somebody seems like they're having a bad day, it's like, honestly, they're probably just, like, so sick of all of this. And, like, you got to just, yeah, kind of give that to them. So, do you Do you feel as though... As, as a young nurse with lots of energy and enthusiasm, can you, can you sort of spread that wherever, wherever you are working, whether it is at Sherbrooke or whether it's at the hospital? Can you, do you feel like you're able to do that a little bit? Like I try to. Um, I'd like to think so, but I'm not so sure. Um, I think the biggest thing is like, just like offering help like if you've got some downtime um, like especially in the hospital when you're working beside nurses um, and I mean I guess COVID or not like you know whether it has anything to do with that it's like yeah just like offering a little bit of help if they need it you know if you're kind of having a less busy day I think that like really goes a long way maybe more so than like the energy but I hope so <laughs> who knows um, what, what have been some of some of the bigger challenges that you've encountered in the last year um and, and like you said like nursing is a is a challenging job at the best of times let alone in, in a pandemic but what, what have been some of the challenges for for you um well i think like kind of speaking about the NICU more so it's well actually and even sherbrooke it's been really hard like to support families um and even residents not so much to support them, but just to like have to be the person that says to them like, I'm sorry, you can only have your one visitor and things like that. Um, like we were lucky in the NICU. There wasn't a lot of COVID or anything like that. Um, just because they do such a good job, you know, it's like such an at-risk population. Um, so they do a really, really good job at preventing that. But of course, you know, you still have to kind of deal with it. Um, but it was really hard because 
pre-pandemic in the NICU, um, from my understanding, they could have unlimited visitors. Um, there were kind of restrictions on age, like children, you know, weren't necessarily allowed to come, but you could only have two at a time. But that meant that like mom and dad could come visit and then mom and grandma could be visiting and then dad and his brother or whatever. Um, and like, I can only imagine how much of a difference that made for people. Um, so it was really hard, like, yeah, having to tell families, like, you know, sorry, grandma can't come visit or whatever. Um, especially when they're there for like months at a time, some of them, right? And even only for days at a time, it's still so hard. What are those conversations like? Um, usually they're really understanding of it. Um, when you kind of explain the reasoning for it and you know obviously like patient safety is the most important thing um, but I think that there's always a lot of disappointment um, and you know like depending on the circumstance um, yeah I mean sometimes they do end up being allowed you know another visitor or whatever just depending it's very like based on their situation has to get approved by management um, but sometimes there were situations that didn't necessarily like meet those you know qualifications let's say um, but you could still like you feel for them and you're like yeah I know this sucks like um, but yeah I think that when you actually explain to them like the reasoning for it they definitely were understanding of it yeah there's so much empathy in your job isn't there especially when it comes to communication yeah yeah for sure I mean even being at Sherbrooke like I was working as a care aide um, when COVID happened and picking up a little bit and stuff too and even that was so hard, like I remember the residents, you know, being really bummed that, you know, you can't go see anybody, you can't go do anything. Um, and I just even remember like when they started to do like the fence visits, like just the change in energy, people were like able to see family, you know, even if it's through a fence. So yeah, you definitely see like how much it affects other people. And like I know for me, like I live at home still, so it's like, at least I'm lucky enough to like go home and, you know, I get to see people, I get to see my family. But, you know, when you're living at Sherbrooke or, you know, you're in the hospital, it's like you don't necessarily get that. So, yeah, I definitely feel for them. I'm curious, when, when you have days where you have to have like those difficult conversations, um, are, you, are you able to leave work at work? Or does it, when you leave for the day, does it linger? Yeah, I feel like it lingers a little bit, and I think that that's something, like, I think as nurses, we're kind of encouraged to, like, leave work at work, but I also feel like it's, you know, when you're you're in a profession where you're so caring and you're so, like, compassionate, I think that's hard to do. Um, I remember, like, when restrictions had sort of changed, and kind of the public was able to, you know, go out and do things and go for supper and things like that. And um, just because of, like, you know, the SHA restrictions, like, residents at Sherbrooke weren't necessarily able to leave yet. Like, I remember really struggling with that. Um, and not because of the rules, because obviously it's to keep them safe. Like, that's so important. But, like, then I never wanted to go do anything right because I'm like well I want to make sure that they're safe and like I think everybody in my house was really careful about that because um, you're always thinking about you know work and you want to protect them and you know things like that so it's definitely hard to totally leave it at work but I do my best as much as I can yeah as as a young nurse like it do you it do you work in a type of, of environment Jenna where like you can you can talk about this kind of stuff like with fellow nurses and bounce ideas off of them or just let them know how you're feeling or is it more do you just you know 
wait till home and then you know talk about with your with your family or perhaps friends like what what is that like for you honestly I think I don't talk about it as much as I could at work I think like with my mom and like you know her job and stuff she kind of gets where I'm coming from and so she's been like a really good support I guess um yeah, and I guess, I don't know, it's a conversation that I just don't tend to have at work. Um, even though I'm sure other people are kind of feeling the same way, I feel like when you're at work, you want to just, like, put on your game face and just, like, you know, kind of get and do your job. And obviously you're still being really compassionate, but it's, like, it's almost hard to, like, admit that it's, like, yeah, I do kind of take that home with me a little bit. You know, I struggle with it, right? Like, you almost don't want to admit it in a way. I wonder why that is. I don't know, honestly. Now that I think about it, like, I don't know. So I, right, as soon as you mentioned that, I was thinking yeah. of my mom, because my mom was a nurse for 27 years, and, and my mom was very much, like, where, where she worked um, in a long-term care home. I, I always viewed her as, like, a, like a, a leader, and she was, she was a, a very strong nurse and, and could absorb lots of things kind of deal. And I wonder if there's that perception of, like, okay, I'm, I'm the nurse, I've got to, I've got to keep everything sort of together and make sure everyone not only, you know, patients or residents, but other staff as well, maybe. I don't know. I'm spitballing. Yeah, it's like, I yeah, that actually, that actually makes sense. It's like you want to just, like, stay strong for everybody. Um, yeah, that does actually make a lot of sense. I think even it's like with deaths. Like, you obviously see a lot of that in long-term care. And I think sometimes, like, and I mean, even working as a care aide, like, you get to know those residents. And, like, you know, it'll happen on shift or whatever, and you kind of just, like, stay strong at work. But then you go home, and, you know, you're sad about it, and you kind of, like, are grieving a little bit. But, you know, it's like when you're at work, you kind of, yeah, you do just want to stay strong and just kind of get through the day. That's really interesting, too, because especially where, at a place like Sherbrooke, where um, relationships are so encouraged between care staff nurses and residents when there is a death then it's yeah it hits you yeah and I think Sherbrooke is really good for that because it is their home and it is obviously long term and so you get to know those residents so so well um and so yeah you really do get to know them and it's it's never easy um yeah it's I mean I guess like, even in the hospital, it's not easy at all, but it's such a different, like, relationship that you have with them sometimes. Um, maybe not all the time, but just, like, speaking from my experience, um, yeah, definitely have dealt with it a lot more at Sherbrooke. But, yeah, it's, it's like those long-term relationships, and you really, like, get to know them, and they get to know you, so. You just said a word, experience, that makes me think you've, you've had so many experiences <laughs> in this last, like, year or two years. Like, like talk about, like... Talk about an education that you've received, like, 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 you've learned, you must have learned so much. Yeah, I honestly have. I feel like, well, when I was in the NICU and was picking up at Sherbrooke, it was like, literally, I'm dealing with, like, premature babies all the way up to, like, end of life, you know, like, your last few years. Um, Not necessarily all of that being at Sherbrooke, but, of course, some of it is. Um, But I guess that's kind of the nice thing about nursing is you can kind of bounce around and, you can be in more than one place at once, right? Like picking up, you know, wherever you kind of want to um, while kind of keeping your job where you have like those full-time hours or those part-time hours. So it's definitely the beauty of it is there's so many different areas and so much to learn always. Do, have you stayed in touch with your with your classmates who you've graduated with and like how, how they're doing? 
Yeah, I actually have. Um, there was a pretty big group of us girls. Um, and of course, we don't see each other as often anymore. Um, but it's nice, like, just having that support system. Because um, they all get it. They're all going through the same thing. You know, wherever you're working right now, whatever area you're in, it's like, you get it. Um, whether it's, like, COVID kind of related stress or just, like, being a brand new nurse. Like, it's intimidating and it's, like, some days are really hard. Um, and so it is really nice to just kind of have that support system, even if it's, like, a text to the group chat with everybody, you know? Like, we don't necessarily see each other all the time, but I am very thankful for them. This might be a hard question to answer, but I, I'm curious because I, I remember when the pandemic started um, two years ago, and there was there was so much support for healthcare workers. And I, I remember, you know, people banning pots of pans at you know certain times of day in certain neighborhoods or whatever. And and I feel like as we've gone on, there's been I don't know if a shift is the right word, but there, it, things have just changed. I think it's obviously wearing on so many people and. And then, like, do you feel appreciated, Jenna, for what you do? Um, sometimes, yes. Um, yeah, I guess just, like, with everything that's going on, it's so hard sometimes because it's, like, you're just going to work and doing your job, right? And I know, like, even, yeah, talking about COVID, um, you hear a lot of people say, like, well, you signed up for this. It's like, hey, I did not know, right, fresh out of grade 12, that I was going to be starting my career during a pandemic. Um, and of course, like, I am still so glad that that's what I ended up doing. Um, but I think that there's, yeah, maybe a little bit less appreciation. Um, not necessarily, like, all the time, though. But yeah, I definitely, like, I get that vibe sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned, though, like... Um at, at any time, did you feel like, oh, I, what have I got myself into sort of deal? Um, no. no. I think some days, yeah, some days are definitely harder than others. Um, yeah, but I think it's kind of like what I was meant to do. I mean, obviously this has added like an extra challenge. Um, but I am still so grateful for it. And I think it's so nice, like, even talking about... You know, the struggles that I had in the NICU, um, just like with families and having to tell them that. Um, and even at Sherbrooke, you know, like they're all sad and they want to go see their families. It's almost like a privilege to be able to like then be that person for them. You know, like in the NICU, it's like, well, now it's just, you know, mom and her support person, whether that's dad, whether that's grandma, sister, whatever. But it's like, you know, they. I feel like they maybe are like leaning on you a little bit more. Um, and same with at Sherbrooke. Like I remember really feeling like I had to like really step up um, more so when I was working as a carried just because you you're with those residents like so often and yeah you really like I remember just like really putting in an extra effort because I was like they're all so like sad like energies were just so low because it's like you know they're sad so I think part of it is like yeah I'm almost just like grateful for it which is weird but I think it's like it is like a privilege for sure when did you know that you wanted to be a nurse <laughs> oh gosh um it was a little bit last minute to be honest I wanted to be a teacher for like my whole life um and then I was in because your aunt is a teacher right it's actually like and her husband is a teacher um and a lot of like my great aunties and things like that um and some like second cousins and whatever they're teachers um 
but yeah, it was super last minute. It was family friends of ours. Their daughter had just finished nursing school and they were asking me what I wanted to go into. And I said, oh, like education. And they were like really encouraging me to go into nursing. And I hated blood. <laughs> like literally you would say the word and I would like feel like I was ready to faint. And I remember sitting there and I was laughing and my parents were laughing and I was like, I could not be a nurse. Like I literally cannot do the blood. There's no way I could handle it. And they were like, no, no, like this is how she was when she was like your age and then now she's a nurse, she loves it. Like you should really do it. And I remember that night opening up my computer, looking at the nursing programs and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do it. Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for it. And now I'm so glad I did. Like it's so weird. I feel like people have especially nurses, like girls that I went to school with, there's always like a nice story. It's like, oh, my grandma was a nurse and my mom was a nurse. And I knew from when I was like three years old, but I, it was so last minute for me. And it just like fell into place. Like it just worked out. Wow. So I know, it's wild. That's a, that's a great story. Yeah. I, I was kind of expecting the whole like, you know, ever since oh. grade four or five, I knew I was gonna help others and, and, and be a nurse. Um, you, you have been very generous with your time, and and you're you're so well spoken. I, and <laughs> thank you. I'm I'm um, when you were just going through that story though, it got me thinking about um, obviously those friends of yours saw something in you that were like, well, Jenna would make a good nurse. And I, I'm maybe we can end this way. Like, are, are there are there certain qualities that that you see in other nurses where it's like, yeah, like that that makes them a good nurse. Like, are maybe are what are the qualities? that make a good nurse in your mind? Yeah. Well, obviously, you got to be pretty compassionate, um, which is like such an obvious one, but honestly, it goes such a long way. Um, and like your patient really notices and the families notice, like they really do. Um, and I think having patience, <laughs> um, of course, but that is a really big one. Um, and I think too, just like being flexible, um, not even with COVID, but just like every day you're going to get something thrown at you. You don't know what to expect. Um, you kind of just have to like adapt and be able to kind of navigate through that. Um, yeah. That's a really nice answer. <laughs> Jenna, thank you so much for your time today. It's, it's, um, it's been really, it's been really cool to see you go from like care aid to like full-on nurse and then occasionally when occasionally when you come back into Sherbrooke it's always nice to see you but yeah you're you're doing amazing work so thank you thank you so much you're listening to season four episode seven of YXE Underground my name is Eric Anderson and we are speaking with three Saskatoon nurses to discover what the past two years have been like working in a pandemic Follow and listen to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the website, yxeunderground.com, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also find YXE Underground on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. Lana Meyerly has an incredible gift of instantly putting people at ease. I think this is because of her caring nature and her ability to listen. For the past 22 years, Lana has worked as a registered nurse at Sherbrooke Community Centre, specifically in Veterans Village, which is home to 40 residents, many of which are veterans. 
She is a strong and compassionate leader who admits the last two years have been the most challenging of her career. Yet she is hopeful for the next generation of nurses, a generation that includes her two daughters. Lana was kind enough to meet me in Veterans Village on her day off, and I started by asking how she would describe working during this pandemic. I think probably the first word that comes to mind is challenging for sure. Um, it's been kind of a roller coaster of emotions, lots of mixed emotions. Um, it's, yeah, I, I guess honestly in the beginning, you know, we didn't really know how things were going to look. We didn't know how long this would last. Um, staff kept coming to me and saying, you know, if I bring this virus in here, I don't know what I'll do. And um, there was just a whole sense of um, people being scared and anxiety, just even with the unknown. And um, as time went on, I, I guess I just felt the grief and sadness for lots of the residents. Um, you could see how lonely they were. They would the, elder, the elders would talk to me about like their families and um, just how much they missed them and how they wanted to see their kids and their grandkids. And um, I actually, you know, during that time, I actually wrote down um, some of the things that they said to me so that I would never forget. Um, they said things like, I've been through the worst of the war, but this is awful. People are dying and I'm lonely. And another elder said, they want to save us. Save us for what? This is terrible. Another one said, I just want to live at risk. If I'm 96 years old, I may only have a couple of years left, and I don't want to be locked up. And watching some of these same elders pass away during this time um, was really devastating. Um, but then on the upswing came, um, you know, the joy and the hope of the vaccine. And I totally remember that day clearly. I was working and we had been planning for that day and getting everything organized. And all of a sudden it was like the end of the day. And um, I remember it was coming and a bunch of us stayed late actually so that everyone could have the vaccine. And it was just, um, yeah, it just felt like hopefulness all throughout the building. There, thank you for the, such a thoughtful answer. There, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I, I do want to, do you mind if I go back to when when the pandemic first started for you? Do, do you remember what those first couple of days were like for, for you as a nurse here in, in a long-term care home? Um, I just remember I actually was off on that Saturday and Sunday. It was my weekend off. And I knew um, the world was kind of, it felt like the world was coming to an end. Everything was closing. And so I came back Monday. And, you know, over the weekend, things had really changed. And um, every area went into a strict lockdown. And residents were, if they, um, we have individual housing units here, and they had to all stay in their own houses. Um, instantly, you know, we were, we were masking and we were doing temperatures and um, just a lot more screening. Families could no longer come in. And so we were um, phoning families and just, you know, I know um, 
other people were emailing families, contacting them, telling them about all the changes. And so it kind of felt like everything was happening like in a fury, you know. What were those conversations like with families when, when this all first started? Uh, you know, I think they didn't know what was to be expected either. And I just think that at, for the most part, honestly, families were just so great. Uh, lots of people were scared and they just wanted their loved one to be safe. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good. You know, I think throughout this whole time, actually, families have been really, really supportive. Um, as a nurse, what, what are, what were some of the things that were going through your mind when, when this was starting? Like you, you mentioned some of the, the tasks that you had to do in terms of there was temperatures and there's masking and there, and there's communication with families. And I'm sure residents had lots of questions. Um, but do you, like as, as a nurse, were there certain things that were going through your mind? Like, okay, we should start thinking about this or that or things we had to do. Yeah, I just think that I kind of thought, how are we going to do this all? Because our days actually felt busy prior to this. And, um, you know, even just like the area I work, there's 40 residents. So I thought even just taking everybody's temperature, 40 different temperatures, and um, how are we going to just even, how long is that going to take? But actually, you know, with everything comes positive and that, was good in the sense that every day then I laid eyes on every resident, had some conversation with residents. And so something that was sort of seemed like uh, now a task that, oh great, how are we gonna do all this? You know, it just meant more contact with them. And then I thought, you know, we have eyes on them. We can be more vigilant if things pop up. It actually is probably really good. Yeah. Um, th this might be a, um uh, a silly question, but is did anything in your nursing career sort of prepare you for for what these last couple of years have been like, or is this is this something that's just like entirely new and you're and you've you're sort of learning on the fly as as an experienced nurse? Oh, for sure. Like, and I mean, as we all know, all the guidelines and restrictions and regulations, like. Some, it was changing weekly, sometimes daily, and just to even keep up with that. And I think just all the emotions um, that go into your job to begin with. But then it's all, I think always, you know, people like some sense of control and knowing what lies ahead. And even that part where you don't even know what this is going to look like. We've never walked through this before in our generation. Like, so I just kind of thought like, yeah, it's, it was, um, it is hard for sure. I don't think, um, even as nobody could have prepared for this, right? Or what it would look or feel like. Yeah. Were, were you, you must have been receiving lots of questions like in those first few weeks and, and first few months from, from residents and even care staff and, and families. Do you remember what some of those questions were like? And, and were you able to, were you able to give all the answers that you, that you could? Oh, you know, a lot was when can we come again you know I feel like a, a lot of the families you know just wanted to see their loved ones and and rightly so and and I feel like 
we didn't know. We didn't know when that would open up enough so that they could come, you know. Um, so we would say, you know, lots of times we'd say, you know, you probably know as much as we do. Like, we're listening to the government and to the SHA, and we're just, um, you know, as soon as we know anything, we'll, we'll contact you, we'll let you know. But, um, you know, during that time, like, we were able to always, I think, try to offer, like, other, um, like, FaceTime, for instance, the recreation staff was like amazing. And so, you know, we would, if they had a question, um, you know, about visit, visiting, we'd say, you know, we don't know, we can't do that right now, but this is something we've come up with that maybe you'd be interested in, we, c we can set this up for you or, you know, so those type of things for sure. And there were lots of questions that, um, I did not know the answer to, and I would just say, you know, that's a great question. Like, I'll just have to get back to you tomorrow. I'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Is it, um, cause would it be fair to say, Lana, that, that you and, and, and nurses in, in, in a long-term care setting, that you would be leaders, um, and, and seen as leaders, like, you know, in, in Veterans Village or in a different, you know, a, a different neighborhood or a different floor, would it be fair to say that that you would be a leader here? Oh, I think for sure. Yeah. You know, when, um, especially sometimes like, you know, managers are here from the Monday to Friday. And so we're here in the evening, we're here on weekends sometimes. Um, for sure the staff um, call on you. We're always available, we carry cell phones. So I feel like often, you know, we just get calls and, and people asking us questions or bouncing ideas off us or come, come see this. Can you come check at this? Oh, I have, you know, so for sure. Yeah. So then as, as a leader, um, you know, and, and you're receiving all these types of questions and, and there's so much uncertainty, how, how do you, cause I, one of the things I admire so much about you is that you, you have such a calming presence um, amongst people, I think anyways. Um, but like how, how does a leader remain calm when there's just like so much uncertainty and especially in those first few months when, when no one really knew what was going on? Yeah, you know, I think that's funny you say that. Lots of people say that and I think, Jim, I really like boring and monotone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I just, I, I think, you know, we can do what we can do. And so, I mean, when staff were coming to me and saying, I'm completely stressed out, I don't know what I would do if I brought the virus in here, um, I would listen to them. I think lots of times I'm just like a sounding board and then afterwards just encourage them and just say, you know, we're all trying our very best. And so you, we'll do what we do, we'll try our best. And if it comes, it comes and we'll take it one day at a time. You know, I, I like that advice. That's very good. Um, when when there was word that, that the that the vaccine was coming, like you you mentioned that is in terms of like one of the things that brought that brought you joy, and like you remember that day. I I remember that day here too, and there was such a buzz um, in the building. Um, like what 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 was that like to know that you you were you were part of the like part of the solution, like part, part of the, you know, this is going to help residents to stay healthy and help us get back to, you know, some sort of normal anyways. What, what was that like for you? 
Oh, it was so great. Like it was just, it gave some hope, right? After almost a year, like, you know, 10 months or whatever, and then um, the vaccine was available to them, you know, it just took a piece of that um, worry away, I would say, right? For for the families to know and just to feel some sort of assurance that we actually did something. Because lots of times you feel like you want to help. And like, I think as a nurse, we want to, you know, we want to care for people, we want to heal people. And yet in this, you felt so helpless and you just felt like um, this was part of that solution and that would offer hope and that we could give some sort of protection to these residents. And just then that in turn, it was just a huge comfort to the families. And uh, so, no, for sure. It just felt like, yes, something. (laughs) Yeah. I I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's such an interesting perspective in terms of like, as as a nurse, you're there to, to help. And then in something like this... Like there's for the longest time, there was so much you you couldn't do. It did that make you feel helpless? Yeah, you know, I think during this time that, you know, we all get good at caring for people's physical needs, and you know, we learn all those tasks in nursing school. And as you uh, go along in your career, you get better and better at the task. But to actually care for their, you know, emotional and mental needs. Those, because they were lonely and struggling, I think that was even um, harder some days, caring for and helping them with those things than their physical needs. And and honestly, um, yeah, so just to be able to give them some hope and um, say that this will, you know, this is helping to protect you and this will help hopefully open things up and just give some light and positivity to the situation. Um, When when you did have residents that would talk to you and maybe, you know, they would be down or having a a tough day or or say to you, you know, gosh, I miss my family and when is this going to end? How do you as a nurse go about, you know, meeting those those emotional needs and, and helping out I guess it would be it would be mental health, wouldn't it? Like, how do you go about doing that as a nurse? Yeah, I think you know it all starts right. Like at the beginning of each day, it's just your attitude too. And I always think, you know, that's the one thing I miss about um, so much is with the masks is just smiles, right? That connection. And um, so I would often just say, you know, I'm, good morning, I'm smiling at you behind <laughs> behind this mask. And they know by your squinty eyes now, right? They can tell. But um, I think, yeah, you know, you could tell when you walk into certain rooms if they're feeling down. And you just knew you had to spend a little extra time in there. And also say, you know, maybe we should call your son or daughter later. And so often, you know, I feel like, lots of phone calls, you know, lots of FaceTimes. I would talk to recreation and say, you know, just maybe could we set up a FaceTime, um, those sorts of things. So I honestly think it was a big team approach for sure. I, I was just about to say it, it, it does take a village, doesn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Like everybody, um, I'm so proud of everybody like that has come together during this time and just to get really creative and come up with different solutions, you know? Um, yeah. And it feels like we've come such a long way, but, um, who knows how long to go. <laughs> <laughs> May I ask you a personal question? Yeah. 
Um, so on, on those days where you are, are speaking with residents and, and maybe you have a couple of residents, maybe there's four or five that, that say to you, you know, I'm, I'm having a tough day. Um, how do you, how do you, um, how do you deal with that, Lana? And, and, and do you, um, like, do you take that home with you or do like, how do you, how do you cope with all that? Cause I, I it's, it must be like, is it draining at times? Oh, for sure. I think for everyone, right, at some level, this pandemic going on and on and on has been draining, for sure. Um, I I think, you know, <laughs> I think it's a lot of your mindset, though, and I honestly do feel like I try. It's, it's hard not to. There were days I went home and I said to my husband, you know, I'm just so sad for these people. I'm just so sad. And you can't, you can't shut that off, you know. But, um, yeah, I honestly, lots of days I would pray coming to work. Like, I live five minutes away, and I would just like, okay, I don't know what this day is going to look like, but, God, you handle this day. And um, even, yeah, even staffing, anything that came up. And I just feel like um, my faith, that plays a big part of, what I do too. That's really nice. Yeah. Cause, cause like you said, there's so, there's so many things, <laughs> there's so many things that could happen and you just don't know what, what each new day is going to bring. So yeah. Um, you, you mentioned your, your husband too, like having family to go back to like is, have they been a support for you? Oh, for sure. I have, um, yeah, I have a husband, I have four children, and I've been super blessed, like, throughout the pandemic, I've had all four kids at periods of time living at our house, which has been wonderful, um, so one of my daughters is a nurse at the hospital, another is in nursing, so, um, yeah, so, no, for sure, I feel like we all encourage one another, and so, yeah, having family support, for sure, um, has been awesome. Yeah, having two daughters as young nurses, what what are what have some of those conversations been like in 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 these last two years? Oh, I know it's you know my my daughter actually convocated. Well, kind. <laughs> however, we convocated yeah. that year, but um, yeah, April of twenty twenty, and so she jumped in right in the thick of things and. Um, you know, I think I just keep reminding them that this isn't normal nursing, you know, this isn't how I've experienced it over the last number of years. And it is such a rewarding career, you give so much, but you get so much back. And I just honestly try to encourage all these young nurses, like don't give up with so many people thinking about different careers or leaving the profession. It's really an amazing profession. And so I, um, yeah, it's for sure, I would say starting out has been a struggle, I'm sure, for lots of the young nurses and grads. And But I do just want to encourage them, like, it will get better. <laughs> yeah. Has there been any time... Lana, in, in these last two years where, where you've sort of like take it, taken a step back and thought like, I, I, I could use a break or I, I don't know how much I have to give yet. Have those thoughts crossed your mind? Yeah, you know, I think it's so good to have amazing co-workers, right? And so, you know, there were days that, um, 
you, one person might be down or the other person feeling kind of overwhelmed. And just to be able to talk about it was huge because they're walking this walk through you and or the, at the same time as you, sorry. And I just think that um, that has been amazing, right? And, and, and I feel like during this time, you know, we've just grown closer together. Um, elders, residents, family, staff, and I feel um, the one, yeah, I think one day in particular, I remember clearly as, a, as one of my coworkers was in the hall and I was passing, and I said, hi, how are you today? And normally, you know, you get that pat answer, like, oh, I'm fine, oh, I'm good. And she just stopped and she said, you know, I'm really struggling, I'm really down today, and this just seems to be going on and on and on. And that day, like, I was able to build her up. And another day, you know, if I think, oh, man, when is this going to be done? You know, we would just, like, encourage each other, I feel like, all along the way. I think you bring up something interesting, too, in terms of, um, like you said, you, you say hi to someone and, and you sort of get that regular answer or the answer that you sort of expect. Oh, yeah, no, it's things are going fine. But the fact that your colleague felt comfortable enough to say to you, like, I'm, it's not, I'm not doing well. It's not a good day. Um, and that you were there for that. Like it, it, you must have so much trust with your, with your fellow nurses and your fellow care staff. And, and I would say elders as well. Hey. Yeah, I hope so. I, yeah, for sure. I, um, honestly, I find it like a privilege to come to work. I, you know, people, I think during the pandemic that were, um, told to stay at home, work from home. And I thought, I don't know that I could do that. I, I actually loved coming to work. I, I have friends here. Like, you know, I feel like we're like a big family here at Sherbrooke. Um, so, you know, we feed off each other and there's so much to give. There's so much to receive. And so I, I really felt like I want to go to work. I want to see my friends. <laughs> it's so funny. I felt the same way too, because um, my wife is a teacher. And so she, when the pandemic first started, she had to teach from home and I still got to, you know, go, I got to go to work and I know work was hard and work was challenging, but I still got to, I got to see my friends too. And I, and I, I would have struggled, I think if I would have had to stay home. Yeah. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, you know, um, I'm too social. (laughs) I don't like, yeah, I would have really struggled if I would have had to be at home this whole time for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, off the top, you, you mentioned some of the challenges and and I know that for, um, uh, a decent stretch of time, like over 40 days, the Veterans Village was going through a, a COVID outbreak. And, and I, it, whatever you're comfortable talking about, Lana, um, but like how, how, how challenging was that to go through an actual COVID outbreak here in, in the village for, for you and, and everyone here? Oh, it is, it's draining for sure, right? It's just all the added, um, a lot of it too, I think, you know, it happened in our memory care area and that has challenges of itself, right? Where people with dementia and just trying to keep people apart, but people not understanding. And um, 
so there's just all the added layers and all the, you know, people were sick, you know, for sure. I think staff in the houses, you know, the N95 masks that, you know, you see, um, all of those things for sure kind of uh, drag you down. And if it wasn't for um, some of the other neighborhoods that have been through outbreak, you know, saying, we've been there and you, you saw that you saw them get through it and you know you come out stronger and so I think that was hopeful other long-term care homes even in Saskatoon sent like encouraging cards and like snacks and just said you know we know what you're going through and you know we're here for you and just knowing that people were thinking about you and cared was just like amazing yeah it's you're so right about like I, I thought of the community within the building here at Sherbrooke but you're right like it was you know because so many I think every care home has probably been through it and to have that sense of camaraderie must have felt really good oh oh totally yeah. um yeah it it's just even even you Eric <laughs> no I was thinking um one time I think it was actually maybe where's this going <laughs> No, I was thinking one time, like, it, I think it was just shortly after our outbreak, and we ended up having a blizzard. And it was just like, and, and maybe my timelines are a little bit off, but it just felt like, honestly, this is like the icing on the cake, right? Like, we're struggling, we're just getting through this, and now we have this massive blizzard, evening staff, some can't go home, they're staying into the night, night staff um, can't get in, so people are covering, and the, the evening stay till night, stay till days, and, you know, in the morning, managers, staff, they're, um, anyone with trucks is picking people up, bringing people to work, and even, like, all of that, you know, during that time, and it just felt like, oh, wow, like, now this, and, you know, and just, like, the staffing shortage crisis, and now you put this, like, on top, but then a local coffee shop donated coffee, and you came down the hall with your happy voice, and... That was like the best cup of coffee I've had in so long. It was like amazing. And I just remember like it felt like so caring, like a warm hug. And it was just like, you know, it's so you never know, right? The little things that people reach out and do and how much they mean. Simple pleasures, like yes. it, it, totally simple pleasures. Um, shout out to Citizen Cafe in Brittany. That's yes. where I got the coffee from. But um, <laughs> you're so right. Like in, 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 like you, you, you must see those simple pleasures and how much they mean to people, especially residents and, and especially in a time like this. Oh, for sure. You know, lots of times, one thing I love to do in the mornings is if the staff is like really busy and getting people up and in the houses and there's people just sitting at the table waiting for their breakfast and I might not know what they take, but honestly, probably 90 to 95% of them take a cup of coffee and I can do coffee, cream and sugar. And so, you know, just to be able to go in and say, do you want a cup of coffee? And, and nobody turns you down. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. I love to be able to offer, like you said, those little simple pleasures, little bits of joy. Yeah. Um, why, why did you want to be a nurse? Oh, I always wanted to 
to care and help for people. I had two aunts, actually, um, just like amazing, fun-loving, happy. And I just looked at them and their life and just, you know, how that much they love their careers, too, and all that they had to give. And I just thought, you know, if I can... If I can make somebody's day a little bit brighter, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, does it? Um, are, are you are you hopeful for what um, sort of the future looks like for for nursing when when you think of your two daughters? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because I honestly think, like, when I look and think, these are the toughest two years of my career. So for them, anything I feel like going forward, you know. Um, there's so much, there's a bright future. There's so, you know, things are going to turn around. Things are, are getting better. And um, so I just think, you know, there's so much positivity. And, and for sure, going forward, there's a lot, a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a real pleasure speaking with you. You, you came in on your day off. Um, so I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, I so um, admire what what you and all your colleagues do but like I said off the top I, I um it's it's fun to watch you work because um I I just think you you hold yourself with such a, a cool and calm presence and you and you obviously are so caring so um thanks for doing this oh it was great thanks for asking me <laughs> This is episode seven, season four of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson, and we are meeting three Saskatoon nurses reflecting on what the past two years of COVID-19 have been like for them. Listen to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the website, yxeunderground.com, or wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. The final guest in this episode is someone I've known all my life. Jamie Coates grew up on a farm south of Chaplin, Saskatchewan. He was a great hockey player, an amazing musician, and one heck of an older cousin to me. Jamie is a registered nurse in the surgery unit at City Hospital. He's been in this role for around 20 years and feels a strong sense of camaraderie with his peers in the surgery unit. I'm biased when it comes to Jamie, but I think he's just unnatural when it comes to nursing. He's so caring and kind, and he loves making meaningful connections with his patients. The pandemic has been hard at times for Jamie. I really do appreciate how he opens up in our conversation about some of the personal and professional challenges he's faced these past two years. And I think his insights on self-care can be applied to any line of work. We met for coffee a few weeks ago. Uh, You know what? I think, like a lot of people, it's been very challenging, um, both professionally and personally. Um, and it's, I think, not just exclusive to nursing, but within nursing, I feel like we were really stretched, sort of running at capacity um, before the pandemic, and then everything that has sort of come out of that has really, really pushed us past the point. So it's been very challenging, and uh, I think it sort of spills over into the the everyone's personal life. I think everyone's been s- struggling um, with the pandemic, but you, you see a lot of um, sort of the best and worst in, in these environments. So you've seen some just incredible uh, people doing 
uh, incredible work and under very trying times, both in and out of the hospital. Um, I, I want to stay in the hospital for a minute because I'm so curious about how, how, and I'm sure your job has changed in many ways, but how, how has your job changed, Jamie, during the pandemic? Do you know, that's a great question. I, I think it's been really fluid. Um, like so many facets of, of healthcare, we're, what we're asked to do daily is changing. Um, the guidelines of what we need to be doing, uh, the patient needs, and just the overall system itself has been very fluid with changes coming day-to-day, week-to-week. And th- that's been a bit of a grind because it's, it's sort of tough to fall back into that natural rhythm that we were working kind of pre-pandemic. Um, so that's, that's been difficult in the hospitals, for sure. Do you, um, like do, you, do you ever worry that that natural rhythm will, will come back, or, or do you think it will at, at some point? I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it, uh, yeah, it feels a bit like the twilight zone. You don't really know where you are or what it's going to look like. Um, to me, like, uh, being in the profession a while, you, you worry about some of the younger grads coming into it, coming into it in a really um, strange time. For them, not having that sort of sense of normal and how that is going to change um, their satisfaction and their uh, growth in the, in the profession. That's so interesting you mentioned that because um, I was speaking um, with one of, one of my colleagues at, at Sherbrooke who... Um, um, Lana, who's gonna, who's on the podcast, and, and she's been a nurse for 27, 28 years, I think, and and she mentioned that too. She said, I hope the younger nurses, because her two daughters are are beginning their nursing career, I hope they realize that it's not normally like this. Like it, it's, and it hopefully it won't be like that forever. But it's still really interesting you mentioned that. Yeah, I, and it's oh, it's fantastic to hear of of young nurses being in that. I think coming from that family background, that'll give them a leg up. Yeah, and I I think that the the normal things that you sort of get satisfaction in in the job, as busy as it was, are a little bit fewer in between because of the stress of it. And there's so much growth in a person's career, especially in that first five years of nursing. You're seeing new things all the time. You're um, running into new circumstances, dealing with with uh, different dynamics, and I think f- for the kids coming out now, it's I can't even imagine. I can't imagine being in their place. I know when we when I was back in nursing school, they always talked about one of the real concerns within the profession was the amount of people that leave within that five year window. And me uh, looking at it now, like that's a, a definite concern, um, not just in nursing, but in all facets within that healthcare industry. I think there's been um, a lot of moral injury that you hear spoken about, and uh, yeah, you, you definitely want people to experience those joyful interactions in nursing because. When it's at its best, it's it's. There's nothing like it. You're you're helping people, and it's just it's a wonderful feeling. Do you do you consider yourself um, like a a leader or a mentor where where you work, Jamie, especially with some of these younger younger nurses? Uh, well, that's a good question. I, n- I never really think of myself as that, but I guess I, I suppose I would. Um, 
in my area, definitely would be probably one of the senior ones on the unit. Um, and yeah, I definitely try, uh, I tr I'm very cognizant of trying to be a good co-worker and be a good support. And yeah, I guess I would say a mentor. Um, there's kind of a, uh, a push now. We're, we're trying to find placements for the some of the nursing students coming out. So I'll be doing some of that, I think, this month. So it should be challenging for, for both of us probably in all this. But how, how do you... How do you how do you approach that relationship, Jamie? Because I, having having known you all my life, like I I know how, <laughs> I know how amazing, and kind a human being you are. But with with the stresses that come with the job and everything, like is it, how, how do you how do you approach that that mentorship role? Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, I always look at how I was treated as a nurse, and I was so blessed. Uh, just coming up at the time I did, the co-workers uh, that had the opportunity to learn from, uh, we've had a few of them just retire recently and just watch, uh, they just created a safe environment, made you feel supported, made you feel like you mattered and listened to your concerns and, and led by example. So I think that's what I... I aim to do with the, my younger colleagues and um, from the nursing students too. And I, I think if you're truly honest with yourself, you, you learn more from them sometimes than you teach, than you're bestowing upon them. It's, it's a, definitely an a interactive relationship. So, and it, by teaching someone too, it always makes you think about why you're doing this process in the first place. So I think it's, it's helpful. It's, uh, it can be a little bit nerve-wracking because I always want to make sure that I'm doing a good job and giving them that safe environment and making sure that they're they're getting more out of something than they're putting in. <laughs> and these days, it's, it's it's challenging just to 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 have that reward sometimes when you feel like you're sort of putting everything out. But sometimes it's it's tough to refill the tank. You know, and that I I hear that from my colleagues all the time is that. Um, you know, before pandemic, you would leave work and, and the tank was full. You felt good about the, the work that you were doing and, and for the reasons that you've said. And then now the, the tank isn't as full as, as you know, when, when you leave for the day. Um, w was that something, Jamie, like, have you been aware of that, like, since the start of the pandemic? Or did it sort of just hit you one, one day where it's like, gosh, like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm drained a bit. Yeah, you know, I... Myself, uh, my personal life, I um, had some issues with anxiety and depression, just kind of years of maybe not dealing with things uh, cumulatively. And I think sometimes as nurses, we do a terrible job looking after ourselves. We're, like I said, we're so used to putting that, that energy outwards that taking care of ourselves is, is secondary or we... We view it as being a selfish activity, and I'm having to reevaluate looking at that. And uh, through the pandemic, it's it sort of amplified that too. So you really have to be conscious of looking after yourself because you can't care for others if you can't care for yourself. And it's it sounds so cliche, um, but that's really one of the things I want to put forth with the with the younger grads 
too, um, just because I, I think it it is something that gets overlooked. And like I said, it sounds cliche, but it, it's so important. And I think that extends beyond the healthcare world. I think so much of the time we end up uh, kind of outpouring this energy, but but not taking time to reset it. Was that was that hard for you, Jamie, to sort of realize that a bit? Yeah, yeah, it was very difficult. Um, I think I think as a caregiver, you feel guilty uh, putting energy somewhere other than your your patient or their family. So that that's been the I think one of the more difficult things uh, with nursing uh, and definitely during the pandemic so but it's a it's an opportunity to learn and grow so I'm grateful for that where, where you work Jamie do you like do you have like um I was gonna I was gonna say a crew that's probably not the right word but like do you have like a a, a team of 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 nurses that that you're able to sort of lean on when when times get tougher when you know things get really busy yeah um like you say i'm i'm so blessed i have the most wonderful caring um staff friends um the physiotherapists the the nursing staff are we try to you know everybody's part of the team housekeeping it's it's a family and uh that is everything and i think that's partly why we're still functioning as well as we are through that and then I'm so lucky I have wonderful family uh, parents my wife uh, has been amazing my aunts and uncles <laughs> just uh, yeah I've been I've been so blessed and I know with my wife uh, who's a nurse too it's been very helpful because if you have a bad day you can kind of come home and you you're not saying specifics but they can get a gist of the challenges of the day and, and it's uh, it helps you sort of debrief in a way um, I, ju- I want to go back a, a second you mentioned the word family like where, where you work and, and when I think of and I hadn't thought of it this way but you're right like when when I think of surgery I think of you know someone someone going and getting their procedure um, and you know maybe it's like a day surgery or something and, and then you're you're sort of out um, but but it is like can you can you maybe describe a little bit, Jamie, like just what the what the setting is like where where you work and and because I, I hadn't really thought of it in terms of of a family, you know, in you know with everybody working together, but it sounds like it is. Yeah, very much so. So the surgical unit I work when we're completely maxed out, I think we'd be I want to say close to ninety four or ninety six beds. So we have a lot of. Uh, we have a lot of the elective uh, orthopedic surgery, gynecology, um, a lot of the uh, general surgery with, in regards to breast surgery, some urology, so it's quite a bit of that, uh, as well as longer stay, a mix of longer stay patients. So um, people that have been deconditioned, maybe they've fallen and had a fracture, maybe they're waiting for long-term care, so that's definitely a component of it. And our, our team is, uh, we work very closely with the, the physiotherapists and occupational therapists. Um, uh, nursing, we have special care aids. Um, yeah, just a, a great assortment of different um, wonderful care providers 
who I, I'm proud to say are friends and colleagues and and just the trust I think that we have with each other uh, in regards to that patient care it, it makes it that family and you, it's funny um, as your mom I know when you when you spend holidays and night shifts and weekends with people for years on end 12 hours at a time it's a there's a special bond it's a it's a it, I think it would go beyond a normal, conventional work environment in some ways, but I, I could be a little bit biased in that, but that's what I've known, and uh, that's the way I definitely feel about it, so very lucky. Do you, have the bonds become stronger in the last two years? Yes, yeah, I would, I would agree with that 100%. I think um, myself, I, uh, speaking of myself, I kind of early on in the pandemic before the the vaccines were sort of widely available um, I had contracted COVID was quite ill with it and uh, the support I received from my co-workers was outstanding just tremendous uh, checking in on me and uh, yeah just so grateful for that and um, yeah forever grateful and I, nurses have a way of uh yeah, really looking out for one another. So, yeah. how how do, how do nurses look out for one another? <laughs> so you know what? It's a lot of times it's just checking in. Um, we have the nursing humor, which is its own special brand of <laughs> which you've probably been privy to in your in your line of work too. So yeah, it's uh, just probably like everybody else, but that just checking in with each other and I had care packages and yeah just wonderful humans so um my my mom and i often talk about um like when, when we're talking about you jamie we talk about um like the many qualities that make you such uh an incredible nurse and and um and i, I think one of them is 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 how caring you are um to 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 your patients to your residents that are that are in that are in your care um ha- has that been, have you been able to be, have you been able to be 100% Jamie Coates around, around them or has, because of, because of COVID and because of, you know, all the precautions and stuff, has that changed at all? Yeah, uh, well, you know, a side note, uh, Eric's mom was a mentor to me and kind of opened my world up to the possibility of, a man from rural Saskatchewan getting involved in, in nursing and it was just a wonderful mentor to me uh, over the years. I I, th- I think I have been able to be myself around people, although a caveat with it is this strange time that we're in where everything is so politicized and there's so many strong feelings on both sides. I've been a little bit more guarded and having to check my uh, biases a little bit. I, I think because I feel strongly about the benefits of, of vaccination um, and what science has provided us in to, to help protect us with this uh, pandemic. And then just realizing that there's so many people that, that are not on the same page, but that still need my care. Um, you just have to be mindful. Like it, it, an interesting thing about healthcare is, you literally work after 
or look after so many different types of people, all stripes and employment prisoners and, and all these different um, kind of, of human beings. And you learn from each and every one of them, and it's a privilege to look after each and every one of them. But you sort of have to be mindful of being respectful of everyone's um, personal journey with this pandemic. And it's it's been difficult on a lot of people. I think the, the one thing I didn't really anticipate was so much of the anger, I think, coming back on the healthcare workers. In the early days of the pandemic, there was the clanging of the pots and, and all those wonderful gestures. And then that has kind of given way to a lot of um, receiving a lot of anger, whether it's about visiting hours or just in general with care or healthcare in general. And that, that's been a little bit shocking to me. So I've been more guarded personally about that. Um, but as, as far as being an, a nurse, I think the, the thing that gets you through, the one thing that you really want to hold on to is if in that 12 hours you can get that just that one meaningful interaction where the patient is feeling understood and, and you're really able to get the connection that's everything and that makes it all worthwhile so just finding those little those little moments and it might be a joke passed between or it might be a smile or it might be them confiding something in you and and that's what makes it kind of a, a, a privilege to be a nurse well it doesn't make it kind of it is a privilege to be a nurse so. that was a really wonderful answer thank you um I, I I was excited to ask you this question because I, I knew um, I, I'm, I'm guessing you you have learned a lot about yourself um, during the pandemic and, I, and I'm wondering what 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 have you learned about um, about you and and your role as, as as a nurse throughout these last couple of years you know I th- I think it's, it sounds like a bit of a contradiction but you you realize how resilient you are some days and how fragile you are some days so and I think the real key is recognizing what day you're on (laughs) and being uh, graceful with yourself during that period because it's like I said it seems like a contradiction but the extremes of the scale are evident both days so so like I say some days you're, you're grinding through a shift and you it's been challenging and you're like yeah that everything went great i powered through this challenging moment and the next day you're like i don't know how many more times i can do that that shift you know and it seems like it's got amplified on both scales so that's i think what i've i've learned about it and i think just in my co-workers um seeing how resilient they are but also seeing that that frailty too um I'm hoping that um, the public knows that the the system might need a little TLC, the caregivers in it, um, especially the younger grads. Um, I've worked with some fantastic nurses that haven't been in nursing that long and that got redeployed to the ICUs. Seen a lot of things that they probably shouldn't have seen, you know, that young in their career, and they've done just outstanding work and were 
amazing caregivers through it all. So, but yeah, the, the resiliency and the, the walk in the line with the fragility as well too. So, and that must be such a such a tricky line to to, to walk and to navigate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's the art. And I and I like I, I do believe all these things that we're feeling as care providers, people are seeing in other walks of life too. Um, so. It's we're in a really interesting time, <laughs> and uh, that's where I think that, that that recharging and taking those little those little uh, moments to sort of center yourself are so important. Um, I I have to ask too because I, I know um, your mom and dad will hopefully listen to this. Um, how like do do they ever call you some, or like do, do they worry about you or are they do they know you're okay or how how does that work? Yeah, you know, I th- the. They have been wonderful, um, just kind of being a, an ear to listen to. But I think they also understand there's probably times that we're we're not ready to go into talking about it, or there's times that you want to talk about something else happy that's happened, just to, to distract you. So they're uh, salt of the earth people. I'm, I'm like I say, I'm so blessed. So. Um, I I sure appreciate you talking to me. For the, for the podcast because I, I when I was thinking when this idea came to me about interviewing different nurses to be honest Jamie you were the first person I thought of because um, I I I think the world of you and I think the world of what you do um, and I've I've always thought the world of you dating back to when we were kids and I was <laughs> we would jam in your <laughs> do you want to tell the story where we would jam at your at your farm we would <laughs> yeah we would uh <laughs> A lot of rock and roll was involved. Aaron and or Eric and I are our hearing is probably severely damaged, but you know, Eric, this platform that you've created, um, this space, is so important. It's so important to tell the stories of the community, um, the underserved, the, the challenges we have, um, creating a safe space for us all to learn from each other, right? And that's what it's about. So. You have an incredible gift for that. So, going back to uh, our grandmother, she would be so proud of you. So, our, our very special grandma, who is, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I know grandma would be very proud of you, as well. I I know she would have she would have lots of things to say about the times that we're living in. <laughs> she really would. Yeah. But um, yeah. Jamie, thank you for your time, and and I I hope things I hope things go well, um, you know, in the months and, and years to come, and and with your new students that are going to be coming, I don't think they could learn from a better a better person. So thank you. Thank you very much, Eric. Thanks. have been listening to episode 7 season 4 of YXC Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit this local independent podcast. My thanks to Jamie Coates, Lana Meyerly, and Jenna Isley for being on the podcast and for being such wonderful guests. 
You can see pictures from this episode by searching YXE Underground on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A big thank you to my friend Rana Andres for taking such wonderful photos. I also want to thank Saskatoon's Danger Dynamite for taking care of the YXE Underground website, and to my cousin Andrew Dixon for creating the theme music for the podcast. This episode was supported by Rob Romby and his team at Romby Wealth Management Group of RBC Dominion Securities in North Battleford. If you need someone to care for your money, to invest your money, to tell you that everything's going to be okay, there's no better group of people than Rob Romby and his team. Rob has been caring for my money for many, many years, and uh, he's just the best. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. You're one of the best human beings I've ever met, and um, yeah, just so appreciative of your support. I also want to give a quick thank you to all of you who purchased a YXE Underground sweater these last few weeks. We sold out of 30 sweaters in a matter of days, and it's been pretty humbling to see the community support like this. So thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It really does mean a lot. Uh, before I go, I would like to acknowledge that these interviews were gathered on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. Waxy Underground is a production of the Salt Hammer Production Company. My name is Eric Anderson. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon.